0: Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, Canadian Poultry, Drainage Contractor, and The Trough magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Bayer believes in recognizing and promoting women across every facet of Canadian agriculture. Whether it's supporting the next generation of female farmers or lending space on our website to help female-led businesses build their brands and products, Bayer believes in continuing to farm for change and for a better future with women in agriculture. And of course, Bayer is very proud to support influential women in Canadian agriculture.
1: Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, editor for Ag Annex Talks, or the Ag Brands at Annex Business Media, and I'm speaking today with Darby McGrath, Vice President of Research and Development at the Vineland Research and Innovation Center. Thank you for joining me today.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, Alex.
1: Darby is one of the winners of our IWCA recognition program this year, so congratulations. I'm so happy I get the chance to talk to you.
2: Yeah, no, it was a surprise, and I'm I'm happy to get to talk to you today, too.
1: So to start things off, could you tell us a little bit about your current role and your background in agriculture? Where and how did you get started?
2: Sure. So starting with my current role, as, as you mentioned, I'm the Vice President of Research and Development at the Vineland Research and Innovation Centre, which if you're not familiar with it, is a horticultural research centre located in the Niagara region in Ontario. This is a, you know, it's kind of the dream position if you're a researcher and, and you love hort because I get to sort of oversee the entire innovation portfolio And our innovation strategy. So, you know, day to day, I get to work on a lot of projects with all of our scientists. I think about, you know, the impact that those things are going to have for horticulture. So, all along the supply chain. And, you know, basically, I get to work with the team of researchers to come up with solutions for the sector, which is pretty awesome.
1: Excellent. And before this, you were kind of more involved in doing the research yourself, correct?
2: Yeah, I was, uh, I've been at Vineland for over 10 years. You know, I started out as a researcher with a focus on sort of the plant production side of things in the nursery sector, primarily ornamental hort and was a senior research scientist for a number of years here, as well as a program leader, which because of my background and, and all of the things that I've worked on in, in horticulture in my past has, it's been awesome. It's kind of been the, the place that I wanted to land because I've been working in hort since I was I don't know. I think I I was about 15 when I started working on a tender fruit nursery farm in the region and kind of stuck with it ever since.
1: Okay. So you've been
2: in the game for a little while then. Yeah, I would say, you know, I've spent the better part of my teenage and formative years working in Hort, which is pretty cool. So, you know, I kind of stayed there almost in a bit of an apprenticeship role for a number of years. And then, when I moved into sort of graduate studies, I ended up doing uh, my PhD on the tender fruit industry and and sort of agro environmentalism on the farm that I'd worked on for a number of years. So,
1: now was that in the Niagara Vineland region, or is this a new place for you to be newish?
2: No, no, I'm actually from the Niagara region. And so I, you know, I went away to school and, you know, do what you do during those years and came back to Canada for grad school at the University of Waterloo and then have wound up back at the Niagara region. And it's been, you know, it's really nice for me. My family is all here and it's a place where, you know, we're so fortunate in horticulture just because of how amazing the production area is in terms of all the different crops that we can grow here. So it's, it's, extremely diverse. And because of that, it's really interesting from a research perspective.
1: Yeah, you get a little bit of everything there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So what do you like best about your role? I'd have
2: to say it's the people in the projects. So, you know, my team is amazing. You know, I run a fairly large team of, of researchers, so scientists, technicians, you know, directors, what have you. And these are all people who are extremely interested in solving problems and challenges and opportunities and so that part is really fun you know just getting to connect with people brainstorming on things thinking of solutions and then you know helping to guide the portfolio that part I absolutely love but I think the the part that is really also fun for me is continuing to work in the industry so it's a place that I kind of consider myself having grown up in and being able now to come back to you know, some of the people that I used to work with and, and come up with solutions to the challenges that they're facing, or, you know, they come to us with the issues as partners, clients, collaborators. It, it's just really wonderful to to get to continue to work here and work in a way where, you know, we watch the results and the impact move out into the landscape, which is really fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing what you've put so much time and energy and kind of blood, sweat and tears into being used on farms in the area that has to be great yeah it's it's absolutely wonderful and yeah sometimes
2: lots of blood sweat and tears so it's all good
1: so what would you say is the biggest risk that you feel you've taken
2: wow that's a that's a tricky one I you know I think my personality is I'm you know I like to think through risks and I'm I consider you know mitigation strategies and all those things but I think probably the the biggest risk that I've taken was considering this position that I'm in now. It you know was one of those things that I was certainly interested in. You know, maybe didn't feel like I was quite ready for, and it's a bit of a leap. You know, you have to sort of what's the saying? Leap and hope that the that the net's there. <laughs> um, but I think you know it was a it was a calculated risk, of course. But it was you know it's a risk because I have. A young family at home. There's always lots of stuff to be done, and so just making sure that I had the bandwidth and the capacity to be able to do the job was something that you know I spent a lot of time really thinking about before I considered sort of throwing my hat in the ring, as it were.
1: I mean, I would say, given that one of your coworkers, or I guess one of the folks you now supervise, nominated yeah. you for this award, you've got you've got backing from the folks who work with you. Yeah, I
2: mean, I think that was actually perhaps the nicest part of it was to feel that my team felt I was worthy of it. I'm a a little awkward about accepting awards, I think. It's probably my nature, but that was so meaningful to me because the person that nominated me, I have so much admiration for in their field as a researcher, what they do for Canadian eggs. So to to have received a nomination from my own team certainly was
1: pretty surprising and, and it's something I'll carry with me. It's always easier when other people are telling you that you've done something good than it is to feel it yourself, isn't it?
2: It's true. And yet I tell my team, especially the women, that you have to be ready and willing to brag about yourself. You have to be, You sometimes you have to be your own advocate. And I should, I should practice the habit maybe more than I do, but it's something that I'm always telling the people in my team. And like I say, especially the, the, the young women, that you have to be your biggest fan. So you have to have your brag book ready to talk about. So-
1: The work in progress. We're all working. Right. So can you tell me about a particular challenge that you faced and what you learned from it? I
2: think I face challenges every day. Um, You know, I think one of the things that I I face the most is just feeling like I'm up to the challenges. And that's something I would say since, you know, since I was a kid, you know, it's something that I have constantly sort of grappled with about, you know, whether I should be where I am and, you know, sitting around the tables that I'm sitting at. And, and so that's one of the things that, you know, I think is a constant battle. You know, I wouldn't say it's sort of this big monumental event. It's sort of the uphill battle of, of recognizing you deserve to be where you, where you are. And so I think every day I'm constantly having that self-awareness to say, you know what, if not you, who else? And I think that that can be really hard. And women that I've had these conversations with before have, 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 felt similar things. So I guess I, the good news is I'm not totally alone in that, but um, I don't know that that's ever going to go away. It's just something that, you know, you practice something until you make it habit, I guess is the best way to put it is just sometimes you don't feel like you're, you're ready for something and you just kind of have to lean in and, and just be ready to take it on anyways.
1: It's always having that little voice in the back of your head and, The fact that you can surmount it day after day, even if like sometimes you can't, like it's, (laughs) it's the fact that you, you just keep pushing and that's, that's really impressive.
2: Yeah. It's, it's just that perseverance. Sometimes that's the biggest thing, right? It's like, you don't always feel like showing up or, or feel like you should even be there. But I think that it's just, it's that ability to set that aside some days it comes easy and other days it's, it's much harder. And, and I think that goes probably for a lot of people. But it's those, I, I don't know, micro challenges. <laughs> Managing those is, is always tricky.
1: Talking about something, same line, a little different, but what's a big accomplishment or defining moment in your life?
2: I don't know. This is a hard one. Career wise, obviously, I think the job that I'm in now is kind of one of those big steps, big moments, stepping up into it. And then, you know, in terms of accomplishment, I have, you know, two young boys at home and every day, you know, as as a parent, as a mom, I'm constantly sort of looking at them thinking like, boys, this is us. These are our kids, you know, and I'm watching them with their own accomplishments and setting their own goals. And that's pretty cool, too. So I, I would say, like, for me, it's I'm not someone with a with those big monumental defining moments. I think it's just it's the accumulation of all of those things and it's the ability to look backwards, I think is is sort of the bigger thing. It's like I don't feel like there's these massive peaks and valleys, but it's like all the way along you're kind of slowly climbing that hill or climbing that mountain and all of a sudden you've gotten somewhere and it's just it's like it's the ability to look back and think, okay, all of those things added up to to you know a pretty big goal and and we've come so far in terms of our organization, myself, and certainly in my family.
1: Like you say, it's not always like, it's not a mountain, it's, or it's not only a mountain.
2: That's right. It's not only a mountain. It's, it is, it's all of those little, you know, little challenges, little sort of accomplishments that you have along the way. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm often reflecting on is the ability to capture the small wins it's because every day you know like we talked about can be really challenging or can be really exciting and it's it's important to sort of look at all of how all of those those little things have added up
1: as the vp as kind of more of a, a people manager as well as a researcher has that made it easier or given you a different perspective on kind of the smaller wins and celebrating them
2: yeah, absolutely, because now I'm, you know, I'm looking at my team and I'm looking at all of the amazing things they're doing, like they're working so hard, knows the grindstone, and I'm, I'm encouraging them to look up and say like, hey, you did this really great thing, like you need to take a minute and recognize that. So yes, absolutely, it's, it's certainly brought more self-awareness to me as well to, to sort of practice what I preach on those things. But with being, you know, in the role I'm in, there is a lot of people management and that comes with, you know, a lot of ups and downs, of course, because, you know, people are all different and are all going through their own things every single day. But what I see the most is I see the team working so hard. They're so passionate. And so my job is to to hold the mirror up and, and show them how, how great they are. Because sometimes, like you say, it's like, oh, you finished something on your task list and you're on to the next thing. And you're not taking that moment to sort of soak in what might feel like a small victory, but a victory nonetheless.
1: And it's, it's harder to put it in context when you do have that next thing you have to focus on immediately. For sure, because there's always something, right?
2: So to to take that pause is, is sometimes easier said than done.
1: Mm-hmm. So what is one piece of advice that you've received that really stuck with you?
2: I think the you know, the biggest message that I've received is sort of the, the idea, why not you? You know, it's always the question of, there's always, this is something I laugh about with my mom because she feels she feels badly when she hears me say it back to her now. But her advice to us as kids to have two siblings was always, there's always going to be someone better or smarter or faster than you. There always is, right? Like it's it's, there's a giant spectrum of people out there with respect to capabilities. But the point in that message, which she feels like, she's like, boy, that sounds so negative. But the message to me was actually... You can't benchmark yourself against that. Like everybody's different. Everyone has different capabilities. So why not you? You know, like why not step up and and try this new thing? Because you're not going to know till you try it. And so I think that's that's a really big important piece of advice. And sort of the flip side of that is to not be afraid of failure. So you know you can't do all the cool, exciting, innovative things without failing a lot along the way. And sort of recognizing or recasting those things, not as failures, but as lessons, of course, is is sort of the way that it's important to think about it. But, you know, frankly, they are failures and there's nothing wrong with that. As researchers, research does not always work. Most of the time it, it doesn't work and, and there's lessons in that. And so being able to accept that, being able to accept that, you know, you're not always going to have the best answer or be the best at something, but that it's important to to keep trying those things and, and just recognize that a failure is, is nothing. It's not always even a setback. It's, it's just, you know, it's an important step along the way.
1: Yes. I mean, if the world was only successes, it would be so boring. (laughs) It would be so boring. We wouldn't have, there's so many
2: cool things that we wouldn't have because they've come out of, you know, these, these so-called failures or lessons. So I think you know, when you're in the moment, of course, you always want to be successful. But it's it's really sort of reflecting that, you know, if you don't push, you're never going to know.
1: Yeah. And success is kind of safe, whereas failure implies that you've tried something that it didn't work, but you did it. Yeah. You didn't know the outcome
2: and that's OK. So still always reminding myself of
1: that. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> What advice would you give to others who are thinking about pursuing a career in ag?
2: I would say absolutely do it. Try it out. There is, you know, there's so much opportunity in agriculture in Canada, from the crops that we grow to the types of positions that you can have in ag. I mean, I look at the the other sort of honorees and I think, boy, we all have such different backgrounds and skill sets. And that's what makes it so exciting to me. And I think that for young people that are considering a career in agriculture that they really understand how variable the roles can be. So, you know, you can be in business, you can be in science, you can be, you know, in the production side of things, you can be in the technology side of things. It's limitless, but all you have to do is just get a little bit interested in agriculture and food production or, or plant production to to see how how amazing the opportunities are. So when I started, you know, back in my sort of teen years, I was always interested in being outside and in the natural world. And it was so interesting to me. And so, you know, if you have an interest in it. Like, I just think that in terms of the way that people are pursuing opportunities in, in schooling, in terms of like your education, like there are so many different ways that you can engage in Canadian agriculture. So find an opportunity where you get, you get to try it out and start to learn about the way the business actually works. It's pretty cool
1: if you could go back to the beginning of your career what advice would you give yourself enjoy the journey <laughs> i think that's uh, my mantra is to enjoy the journey
2: i'm always someone who's going very fast paced like that's my sort of default speed i think and so yeah i mean i have so many wonderful memories now but i as you get older i guess you just get more sort of sentimental about those those past things and so just to you know soak it all in because things change, you're going to change, the world is going to change. So just really try to enjoy all the moments and the people that you get to meet
1: along the way. What keeps you excited about agriculture?
2: I love watching the innovations happen. I mean, that's why I'm in the role I'm in and the place I'm in. But to me, it is it is so cool to see how far we've come you know, with climate change and adaptation that's needed and how scary that can feel. I am just totally invigorated by the industry and the way that people are starting to think about it. And we don't have perfect answers, but people are willing to put the efforts in and try things nonetheless. And so to me, it's so cool. It's so interesting to watch, watch all those changes happen. And yet there's some things that I love thinking back to, you know, the things that, should be ever present in agriculture. So things like soil health, like soil foundation for a field egg, and it's we're, we're sort of going back to other principles on those kinds of things. I think it's just the sort of how dynamic the ecosystem is in Hort and in agriculture in general. And there's a lot of really inspiring people that are pushing the envelope to try to get these kinds of solutions out that we need. And, and to me, that's it's amazing to be a part of that and, and to just sort of get swept up in it.
1: Yeah, every time you look at the news or what someone's researching, there's something so cool happening in research and innovation in agriculture.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. So like I I feel like we do a great job where we are, but I just the larger ecosystem is so exciting to me and so we're constantly learning, you know, from other sectors in ag because they're pushing the envelope on their own sort of needs and priorities and and so I love sort of that to ability to learn from one another and, and sort of bring everyone along for success.
1: How would you like to see the ag industry change in the next five to 10 years? And what would you like to see more of?
2: Oh, that's a tricky one. The ag industry is so big, I, I, can't, I can't profess to be an expert. You know, I, I don't like to be an expert anywhere, maybe. But for me, I think that watching the I would say even in the amount of time I've been in agriculture I think there's a lot more diversity which I think is really amazing I think we're celebrating the diversity in agriculture not just in sort of the types of agriculture we have in Canada that we're you know so fortunate to have but also the people that make up that network so that I I love seeing we engage in you know sort of different things here at Vineland like women in STEM kinds of events but not just women you know like all of those different faces that that make up the mosaic of Canadian egg is is really important to me and then for me and my background like my background schooling is actually in sustainability science so the big push on sustainability which feels a bit like a yoke that everyone's wearing right now but also it's you know, the impetus that we all need to start to think about what that means for individual production systems in Canada. It's exciting, It's it feels like an uphill battle right now, for sure. In the Hort sector, we're, we're very focused on adaptation because our ability to sort of contribute to mitigation is not really well known at this point, but our ability, but the understanding that we need to adapt is here and ever present. So thinking about what those adaptations look like for the Hort sector, now and in even past 10 years is really really important I think and yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see how people sort of start to manage that that change that we're already experiencing.
1: Yeah because sustainability kind of necessitates taking the longer term view and 10 years is not all that long when it comes to things like soil science or That's right
2: um,
1: yeah and it's 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 it necessitates taking a
2: systematic view too. So it's it's the people piece, it's the environment piece, it's the economic piece, it's sort of this idea of the triple bottom line. And for many farmers, they've been thinking about that all the way along. I mean, that's how business operates, but it's like, how does this all roll up into the way that we're all sort of collectively managing the land and, and the resources that we have, I think is is pretty important for us to be considering.
0: Thank you for listening to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast brought to you by the agricultural brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit agannex.com to catch up on all our other episodes.